I was a I was a big Sega Saturn fan. I think I'm not sure if I, no matter of fact I am sure PlayStation was out around the time when Sega Saturn was out because they had similar games um, for the consoles, but. You know, my brother was more of a standardized PlayStation guy. I I wanted all the weird shit. Like I wanted Sega Saturn. I wanted the six, the Nintendo sixty four. I wanted the Sega Dreamcast. I wanted the Xbox. I wanted all the weird consoles with the weird controls with better gra. What I thought was better graphics. And the reason people I brought up Sega Saturn is because one of the things that I had on my brain today was actually I had it on my brain for the last week or so. I just didn't get around. Uh, I didn't get around to um you know, recording the episode for it was the beloved Resident Evil. And I know Resident Evil has it's more than its fair share of fans out there because this is one of the best um, survival video games out there. I don't necessarily know if they call this an RPG game, but I definitely know it's one of the best survival games out there um, for me, at least up until Resident Evil Code Veronica. Now, I will be real with y'all. As far as this game is concerned, now I'm I'm going to be talking about Resident Evil. I will get into the particulars of Resident Evil that I'll be talking about in a second, but um as far as the games go, I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I gave up, you know, I I have Resident Evil 1 for Sega Saturn, and that game literally changed my life. Me and my brother used to play it all the time but he had uh, i guess a better attention span than i did because i was on some i just want to kill monsters and kill zombies i didn't know it would be that hard but i don't want to put plants together to make maps and you know i don't want to find antidotes for snake bites and shit like that like i just i want to kill shit and i want it to be straightforward you know i'm used to night of living dead and those types of zombie properties but uh resident evil required you to think a little more and be a, a, a lot more strategic than uh what the average thinking person as far as zombies go is used to so um the first one it was cool you know you you had um the stars members you had that cool ass intro on sega saturn it was uh it was actual actors and it was the black and white um type of filter on it and they got attacked in the field and they had to run into the mansion and um it was cool. Never ended the original Resident Evil. I'll be, you know, I always keep it a beam with y'all on these uh, these podcast episodes. I never ended the original Resident Evil. Um, the tyrant and the tarantula and the moth and the snake, all that shit. Like I, like I couldn't do it, man. I really couldn't. I tried my best. I couldn't do it. I think my brother ended it. My my uh, big brother ended it. Um, like I said, he had the better attention span than I did. I couldn't do it. But uh, uh, nonetheless, that game was definitely uh, life changing and it was definitely game changing in a literal sense. It was game changing. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody remembers the the part in the Resident Evil game where the dogs jump through the window when you're in that little hallway. And that was one of the scariest moments uh, in a video game I think I ever experienced up until I played something like Left 4 Dead or maybe Halo when the flood came in and they were like uh, monsters and zombies and stuff. But you know, Resident Evil 2 was cool, and, um, you know, you got a little, you got a little better gameplay, and you got, uh, more open space in the streets, and, uh, the trains, and stuff like that, the Resident Evil 3, I think, is when I gave up, because Nemesis just kept, this motherfucker just kept mutating, 
um, every time that you feel like you beat him or did damage to him, he just kept getting stronger and stronger. And I was like, man, I give up. But then I had bought a Sega Dreamcast and Resident Evil Code Veronica came out and they brought Wesker back. And Wesker had kind of like mutated into this, you know, into this, uh, this superhuman, uh, super villain. And while I didn't in that game, that was one of the last games I really got into. I never got into any of the Resident Evil games after Code Veronica, mark my words, because I did not. I'm telling you guys the truth. But one of the things I was excited about back in the day is when they announced um, a Resident Evil live action movie. And <clears throat> me being a fan of stuff like, you know, um, I don't care if it's cheesy or if it's people call it a bad B movie or not. Um, you know, a Street Fighter I was a fan of, Mortal Kombat I was a fan of, uh, video game adaptations. I mean, Super Mario Brothers is a terrible ass movie, but there is... I guess tiny fun to be had in that movie, but video game uh, to movie adaptations altogether. Um, so when Resident Evil was announced, I was hyped for it. And um, if anybody remembers, George A. Romero, God rest his soul, man, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, he was supposed to, he was attached to direct, to write and direct the first adaptation of Resident Evil on screen. He wrote a script for it and everything. There's plenty of script reviews on um on YouTube, um, if you guys can, you know, fish for him and find him. But he did uh, scripts for Resident Evil, which was pretty true to the first game, if I'm not mistaken. But um, wh whatever happened had happened, the deal didn't fall through, and he didn't get a chance to do it. I, I think, if, I if I'm not mistaken, he actually did a trailer for it and everything. And it had me hyped because, you know, George A. Romero is my favorite writer and director. That's my cinematic inspiration to its fullest. That's the ultimate inspiration for me. But he didn't get a chance to do it. So it was announced in, um, I'm not sure what year, but the movie, the first Resident Evil movie came out in 2002. And first of all, let me backtrack a little bit, people. Um, I'm going to be giving a little history lesson on the Resident Evil franchise on screen. No spinoffs, no, none of the other video games and all of that. Just the franchise on screen, because I want to talk about the reboot. I feel like people are forgetting that Resident Evil is getting a reboot. I'm not sh uh, I, I think it's supposed to be going to Netflix. Um, I, it, that would be cool. Um, I don't watch a lot of Netflix, but I feel like it should get a live screen adaptation. But maybe if they feel like the live screen adaptations kind of went off the deep end and tried to cram everything into one story, into one movie. That's fine. If you know, if you want to turn it into a TV series, cool. I wouldn't mind seeing where that goes. However, the first go round we got with Resident Evil was 2002. And I remember reading about it in the Game Informer magazines. And I remember um, Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, who actually, funny enough, um, directed Mortal Kombat, the very first Mortal Kombat. So he has a thing for these video game adaptations. And Mortal Kombat is not a bad movie for me. Um, it's um it, it is what it is. It's exactly what the what the game is. It's people beating the shit out of each other. So I don't know what more you you want. And there's a little story in there also. But um uh Paul W S Anderson gave us the first adaptation of Resident Evil, and of course it had Mila Jovovich as Alice, who would become our very very main character throughout the entire series, whose story arcs are just all over the goddamn place and of course we had michelle rodriguez playing rain we had eric mabius playing matt 
we had other um uh cast members in there too but none of them are were notable enough for me to really you know take the time out to remember their names or jot them down but the first resident evil let me just say this uh it's not a it's not a bad movie for me um let, let me go out of the way and say that the first resident evil has the scariest zombies in the entire series and a lot of people might argue me for that and that's that's cool but i look at it like that because i always say slow zombies are scarier than fast zombies for me because fast zombies it's quick it's a quick death you'll go into shock a lot faster slow zombies that takedown is going to be something vicious and they're going to they're not going to eat you fast they're going to take their time and tear you apart and all this crazy shit like that so you know the first resident evil they had you know had the commando vibe and we got a glimpse of the mansion you know we had the dogs we had a, a quick glimpse of the crows we had the liquor and the liquor actually mutated that was pretty cool but we had those slow zombies like the zombies were definitely the highlight of that first resident evil movie we got in in uh 2002 and it wasn't a bad movie and honestly the more and more i go back and watch the original resident evil movie the more nods i see paul ws anderson did to the game and i i can kind of appreciate it a lot more it's not that i didn't appreciate it before but it's like i can go back and watch it and be like and i can see maybe new things here and there not too much but i can see new things here and there and just be like oh okay that was a nice touch that he did right there and of course the ending left it open for a sequel of course you gotta have a sequel because i think around 2002 i'm not sure how many resident evil games have been around but there had definitely been their fair share so in 2004 you know they waited it out 2004 we got um we got Resident Evil Apocalypse, and that was directed by Alexander Witt. And Paul W.S. Anderson took a backseat to it, which was cool, but I would have rather he directed this one because Alexander Witt didn't do as good of a job because his editing was a little choppy. Um, not as choppy as one of the uh, entries in the series, which I will get into in a minute. But um, yeah, Alexander Witt, he, he, I mean, he, he did a, it, it was fair. It was definitely fair, and I remember getting the bootleg um in 2004 actually i was in high school at the time and i remember um resident evil apocalypse being completely different because it gave it gave me vibes of resident evil 2 whereas though you know the stars members are you know they're all scattered they're on the streets and we get more of a lay of the land. We get a better landscape of the street in Raccoon City. And of course, we had new additions. We had Mike Epps playing LJ. We had Oded Fair, who was a badass playing Carlos Oliveira. He didn't look anything like Carlos Oliveira from Resident Evil 3, I think he was in, if I'm not mistaken, the game. And we had Sienna Guillory playing Jill Valentine who was spot on from uh, from Jill Valentine in uh, Resident Evil 3. Now, we got two characters from, three characters actually from Resident Evil 3, um, including Nemesis. Now, while Carlos Oliveira, Oded Fair didn't look anything like Carlos from the game, Sienna Gullery, uh, she looked exactly like Jill Valentine from Resident Evil 3. She had the blue little, uh, you know, uh, halter top on. She had the skirt with the with the holster on the waistband. And I, I'm like, yo, that's badass. They nailed that. Uh, as far as Nemesis goes, he definitely that is as close as Nemesis as you're going to get. But he was a little stiff. Now, I'm I'm maybe I'm biased because I'm all for practical effects. But he, you know, Nemesis was you know, the slow motion scenes where he's running, it's like, dog, your mouth's not even moving while you're making noises and all this other type of shit. But 
it was it was fun to watch, but the I, I feel like they dialed down on a lot of the stuff. Like we didn't get a lot of bites, we didn't get a lot of headshots, and we didn't get a lot of gore. You know, you're supposed to up the ante, and I feel like the only thing they really upped was maybe the martial arts and the action, which is cool, but it's also this is also a zombie and a monster movie. Oh, we did get some liquor action too. It was a church scene with um a bunch of the characters, and we got some liquor action before Alice uh blast through the church you know the stained glass windows on a fucking motorcycle but we you know we didn't get a lot of gore and the editing is somewhat choppy i'm not trying to hate on resident evil apocalypse because i still can watch it and enjoy it first first uh let me say i'm while i review these movies before i lead up to what i want out of the resident evil reboot that's coming um let me just say this is my favorite guilty pleasure franchise ever guilty pleasure franchise ever know it meaning that these movies are not good they're not good but they are entertaining so that's one thing that i like i can appreciate if i go into a movie and it's stupid if you entertain me i can i can give you a pass on that because you know the plot doesn't have to make sense you know the character development doesn't have to make sense what the characters can do doesn't have to make sense but if you can entertain me and i'm like oh spectacle wise this movie is all that that's fine and um that's what this series is and that i, I say that to say that resident evil apocalypse was definitely that it, it's a bad movie but it's it was entertaining i just feel like the editing could have been a lot better and the execution could have been a lot better um also i don't like the fact that mike epps the role for mike epps playing lj was written for snoop dogg that was the whole reference of the cadillac at the end and it's not snoop dogg wouldn't have worked so actually shout out to alexander witt for not casting snoop dogg and fuck you to uh, you know what if paul ws anderson wrote this i'm pretty sure he did he might have wrote it and produced it dog you don't need to cast snoop dogg in a fucking resident evil movie I don't have I don't have a problem with Snoop Dogg. Shout out to Snoop. You know, no let's not get it twisted. Shout out to Snoop, but you have no place in a Resident Evil movie. Now I know a lot of people might argue with me, oh well you like Halloween and it had that old cool J in it like and all that type of shit. I certain rappers don't belong in certain things. That's all I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna leave it at that. So in 2007 we got resident evil extinction and before i jump into who we what new cast members we got in this movie and who directed it and what we got new from it let me just say resident evil extinction 2007 is the best entry in the entire resident evil franchise y'all can argue me down about it y'all can agree with me my opinion will forever stand the same this movie was directed by russell Mulcahy. i think he did one of the highlander movies he went on to do b movies like the scorpion king and stuff like that but this guy understood the idea of the zombie apocalypse and that is exactly what we got everything is 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 dried up the the world just looks so dilapidated and it's just sand and it's just dusty and everything is just dried up and it just looks like there's not a drop of hope or water or anything left in this world like it looks like it could have been the last resident evil movie and i would have been perfectly fine with that being a third you know uh, mark in the trilogy and russell mocha hi man shout out to you because you you literally I mean, for a B-movie franchise, which is a guilty pleasure for me, you directed the masterpiece of this franchise altogether. I will say that. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that. I don't care, man. But um, 
We got new members in Resident Evil Extinction when it came out. We got Ali Larder playing uh, Claire Redfield, who was actually in the first Resident Evil game. And she was, wait, she was in the second Resident Evil game also, if I'm not mistaken. We got Ian Glenn playing, um, I cannot remember that guy's name wasn't Wesker, but he's basically playing the the wizard behind the curtain and all of that shit. We got Ashanti for no fucking reason at all, and she dies very dramatically by a bunch of crows, and I feel like she didn't want to smear her makeup too much, but she smeared a whole bunch of blood. And a crazy thing is, I think Paul W.S. Anderson had a lot to do with this cast, and we got Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage in the original Mortal Kombat, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Now, the thing is, people, I want you to keep in mind, as I talk about these movies, before I get into what I want from the reboot, as I talk about these movies, keep in mind, if Paul W.S. Anderson didn't direct or write these movies, he produced them. So, you know, he directed the first one, he produced, I think, and wrote the second one, and he produced and wrote the third one, but he didn't direct it. So, Lyndon Ashby, I feel like, had something to do with um, Paul W.S. Anderson, which was a nice touch because he played a he played a decent uh, cowboy type of character. But um, Resident Evil Extinction was definitely amazing man you had it it, it brought me back to the first game because you had the original tyrant at the end who was played by ian glenn you had zombies that were running which weren't in the first game but they all had the same outfits on they had jumpsuits on which reminded me of the first game because they had the same outfits on they weren't jumpsuits but they had the same clothes on majority of those zombies did and you had a scene that was uh you know, inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, and the, there was a scene where the birds just massacre the survivors, and it was really like a Mad Max end of the world type of film, man, and it really captured the zombie apocalypse perfectly, you know, the survivors are, you know, they're riding in a convoy, they're scratching and surviving, they gotta eat canned food, they gotta scavenge, and stuff like that, they gotta set up perimeters and make sure they're cool, It was, the, the movie was all that, man, until... <sighs> until I, I and this i feel like i feel like um paul ws anderson got intimidated i feel like he got intimidated and saw what a good resident evil movie russell mocha high made and paul ws anderson in 2010 he stepped back into the director's chair and was like you know what i i i, I do another one i do another one no problem it ain't, it ain't about nothing and he jumped back into the director's chair in, in 2010 and he directed resident evil afterlife and beforehand we got a movie in resident evil extinction that was very fast paced where there was something always going on there was something that was always keeping you glued something always keeping you interested and then i feel like we took a couple steps backwards when paul ws anderson got intimidated in my opinion and decided to step back up and direct resident evil afterlife because we got a lot of slow motion nothing going on in this i'm trying to tell y'all this movie might if this whole movie was in slow motion we all would pass away you know within the first 15 minutes because everything's in slow fucking motion and you know we we had new characters again new characters we had kim coates who plays the asshole i can't remember his name i didn't care about his character enough because he was such an asshole we had boris kojo um playing luther west he was a token black guy he he was nothing uh amazing or inspiring at all sean roberts who played um wesker he he looks the part but his acting is really flat and then we had wentworth miller playing chris redfield whose acting is even worse than sean roberts because it seems like he's reading off of an index card and he's just phoning it in so 
you know, um, this was definitely a step back from Resident Evil Extinction. It 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 was definitely. Um, I mean, the the highlight of it, I can at least say, in Resident Evil Afterlife was um the Axe Man. Uh, the Axe Man, even though the entire scene was in slow motion, and it was like a slow motion Videl Sassoon commercial with um, Ali Larder and Mila Jovovich just flicking um, rain uh, water drops in their hair and doing splits while doing this acrobatic shit. You know, um, I, I, I feel like we really took steps backwards with that movie because it was it, it just wasn't it wasn't good at all and i i just feel like resident evil afterlife could have been better but it just you know paul ws anderson was like trying to overcompensate for something i really don't understand what it was that made like that made him make everything in that movie slow motion you got matrix ripoffs in there you got multiple types of ripoffs in that movie and it was you know it just wasn't it it wasn't my favorite it's probably my second my second worst of the series so flash forward we're not gonna spend too much time on that because i want to keep this episode as short as i can um i'm already like burnt out as is people but i do this for y'all so in 2012 we got resident evil retribution which is probably this is one of my favorite bad ones out of all the sequels and like I said, we got this in 2012. And the funny thing is we got Michelle Rodriguez back um, because apparently Rain had got cloned from the original movie. We got Oded Fair back because he died. Carlos Oliveira, spoiler alert, he died in um, Resident Evil Extinction. He sacrificed himself. It was a badass scene, too. Uh, we got Bing Bing Lee, who plays Ada Wong, who was perfect casting. And that red dress on that actress was spot on. And I couldn't have wanted a better Ada Wong in my life. That was just, they took her straight out of the video game. We got Johan Erb playing um, Leon Kennedy. And this was a good casting choice for Leon Kennedy. You know, he's got the bang. He's got the jacket. You know, he looks like Leon Kennedy from the later games of uh, Resident Evil. That was good casting. You had Kevin Duran, who was um, playing Barry Burton from the original game. And if anybody knows, uh, Barry Burton was one of my favorite characters. He had that signature gun. I don't know if it was a Colt Python or something like that. He had a signature gun. He had a signature vest. He had a signature beard. Uh, Barry Burton was one of the most badass characters to ever walk. Uh, the Resident Evil franchise, uh, whether it be a game or a movie, whatever the case may be, um, the the casting, the, the way, the looks that they gave these characters in Resident Evil Retribution was really, they really did uh, fan service, and I feel like that's one of this is one of my favorites after Extinction as far as the sequels go, um, and we also had Colin Salmon coming back, and if anybody doesn't know who that is, that's a guy who is half man, half fish. Who is? No, I'm joking, but. Colin, Colin Salmon is the guy, if anybody doesn't know, he is the guy, the black guy who, um, in the first Resident Evil movie, he was the one who tried to dodge the laser fence and got chopped up into bacon bits uh, when the laser fence turned into a grid, you know, uh, basically turned into an entire grid and just chopped this man's ass to pieces. So anybody that came back in this movie was cloned. So Paul W.S. Anderson, of course, came back to direct it. So he brought some people back and that's fine. Um, this one was very entertaining. Resident Evil Retribution was very entertaining for me. We got, you know, we got a big ass liquor. We got the biggest liquor monster we have ever seen in the series. 
at this point and it's chasing behind like a Rolls Royce that um Alice is driving with Luther and uh, and Leon and Barry inside of it like it was a that was a good scene um we got a badass fight scene with Michelle Rodriguez um uh what's that guy's name Boris Kojo and Johan Herb at the end you got a badass fight scene with Sienna Guillory who actually came back to play Joe Valentine and she's actually uh you know she turned bad she's got like this umbrella type of attachment like the spider attachment that turns her into a bad guy on her chest i think it's from the video game but she's got a nice fight scene with mila jovovich at the end and um yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fight scene it feels it feels like it's very reminiscent to a video game fight scene you know we got a we got a lot of you know paul ws anderson channeled his mortal Kombat skills with uh with that last fight scene so it is a very entertaining bad movie to say the least if that makes any sense to anybody out there and then 2016 we got resident evil the final chapter people this is the worst directed by paul ws anderson by the way this is the worst entry in the entire resident evil series i can deal with the shitty editing or the watered down stuff of resident evil apocalypse i can deal with the slow motion sitting sideways drinking on lean type of direction that resident evil afterlife gave me i can deal with that but this shit listen now i don't know the other actors i didn't take time to take notes or anything but all i know is ruby rose was in this one and i'm glad she died she you know they turned the fan on and the in in the vents that they were crawling in and walking in and her ass got sliced up to bacon bits perfectly fine but the editing in this movie is by far the worst i have ever seen in any film i have ever watched in my entire life i probably could be wrong i might have to do my research and dig through a few movies with bad editing but this editing is terrible people you know i remember there were a bunch of reviews um there were a bunch of audio reviews and video and visual reviews where people were saying that if you have epilepsy this will trigger your epilepsy and that is no joke people this uh this movie has some of the worst editing and it's a shame because it could have been something resident evil the final chapter could have been something because they went back to that gritty look because i feel like in resident evil afterlife and retribution everything was a little more polished up and cleaned up that's one of the things i loved about extinction was people were rough rugged growing beards stubbles and all this type of shit um hair was all wild and you know n nobody was grooming and showering and shit but somehow in uh resident evil afterlife and retribution you know everybody got their shit together and they found a bunch of gillette uh razors and you know they found a bunch of showers and some axe uh axe trucks with body spray and body soap wash and shit like that like i don't understand what went wrong and i feel like the final chapter took a step in the right direction by bringing it back to that gritty desolate type of um terrain and that type of tone and that type of look for the characters but the editing is just terrible and it's and, and and it really suffers because the monsters there was a there was a good variety of monsters here that you can barely fucking see you know there's like a um i don't know if it's a i don't know what they call it it's a big dragon looking monster that they showed at the end of retribution that's flying around it's chasing alice and she's driving like this humvee and it's digging his claws 
into the into the roof of it and it's lifting it up off the air but you can barely see it you can barely make out what the monster really is because the editing is so bad the fight scenes are terrible the big revelation at the end is terrible it's it's bad so i feel like for this to be the final chapter quote unquote paul ws anderson really dropped the fucking ball and it was so disappointing for you to jump back into the series and you know, feel like you had the helm, the ship's helm again and feel like you were going to bring things back full circle and all of this. This was a terrible, this is one of the t- most terrible final chapters I've ever seen in my life. Um, it, it's really bad. Even for my guilty pleasure franchise, this is literally the worst movie of the series. And for good goddamn reason, if anybody out there doesn't know what I'm talking about, I, I really want to say I wouldn't wish Resident Evil the final chapter on my enemies, but it is so bad you have to see it to believe it. But make sure you do watch the rest of the series first um, to understand fully what I'm talking about. Um, With that being said, Resident Evil, the reboot. No, um, no release date. Uh, What I do know is that there was good news prior to this. James Wan was actually attached to direct or not direct. I'm sorry. Don't quote me on that. I don't want to, you know, people to curse me out or anything. But James Wan was actually attached to produce. And that's when, you know, I had my I had my hopes up. I really did. I had my hopes up because James Wan, man, he has come a long way. But one thing he is true to is his horror roots and his thriller roots. He has injected this into movies like Death Sentence. He has injected this into movies like Furious 7. He has injected this into movies like Aquaman believe it or not he is very true to his horror and thriller roots and he will never stray away from that at least i hope he doesn't he hasn't uh up to this point and he is attached to a lot of projects man he's actually producing he's on the big things man he's producing the mortal Kombat reboot he's producing a uh an arachnophobia reboot which i don't want any parts of i'll do another episode on that in due time but you know, um, when he was attached to uh, be a part of this project, I had a lot of hopes, but then he dropped out of it. And, I, you know, I was like, well, I, I wonder what the science was behind that. I'm not sure. But, you know, there are any there aren't any really uh, big details on this this um, Resident Evil reboot. And I f- that's one of the reasons why I wanted to tackle it, because I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that we are getting a reboot that pe- that we are promised to get back to the horror roots of what this is because this let's be real the series really went off the deep end and they kind of just started focusing on wild action they are really the fast and furious of sci-fi fucking monster action shit zombie stuff like let's be real that's what it is it's it's a guilty pleasure only fast and furious is not a guilty pleasure for me i'm not going to get into that but safe to say uh y'all people out there some people will know the comparison i'm making when i say that but the fact that we're getting back to horror roots, that's something Resident Evil really needs. Um, I, I, I really feel like it needs a, a not even a small, <clears throat> not even a small injection, but the largest injection of horror and thriller in, in back into this. I'm talking uh, atmospheric music. I'm talking the mansion. I want the mansion. I want the horror. I want the puzzles. I want a few monsters in this. I want monsters in this new Resident Evil reboot. I mean, not maybe not all of them. If it's going to be a series, I guess you don't have to fit everything in it. But I'm just talking about if it was a movie. If this Resident Evil reboot was a movie, I don't really need a lot of monsters. I don't need everything. Uh, of course, I need the dogs and the crows. That's a given. Because that those are the day ones. Um, 
we also had what do we have the snake the spider the moth the tyrant i would say maybe the tyrant and give me the moth give me the moth and make it make it reminiscent of uh dean coots and phantoms on screen which was directed by joe Chappelle back in i think 97 96 or so when that moth eats um leave schreiber's face give me something like that but a lot larger a snake we don't really need it it'd be nice to see but we don't really need it we you know i can still go back and watch anaconda and all of that a giant spider maybe that'd be cool um we've had a lot of well we've had a lot of dumbass spider movies but it, it would be nice to see a big spider in it but you know i, I need the horror in this people that's what that's all i need man i don't really need a lot of you can give me action but don't oversaturate the entire property with just action because that's not really what the what the first game was built on you got to stick to that you have to respect the template you have to respect the source material when you're when you're remaking something like this and while i feel like i feel like uh i almost said james wan damn i feel like uh paul ws anderson respected the horror aspect of resident evil the original movie in 2002 because that movie probably has I mean, for the most part, let's just keep it a bean. For the most part, it has the scariest moments in it. You know, that moment when they're in the tunnel and the zombies are like uh, crowding in on them. That is a scary moment because they're coming in slow and there's nowhere to go. And, you know, they have to jump up on, you know, the rafters and the pipes and stuff to escape. Th those are scary, tense moments. That's we need to take that and just, you know, pump uh, horrific steroids into that and terrorizing steroids into that type of shit. Uh, if we're going to get this reboot in movie form, even if it's in TV form, we still need to be scared. And that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of mad James Wan isn't attached to it. You have to have the right type of people for a, a property like this. And sadly, George A. Romero, the zombie godfather, is not around anymore to even be a part of it because I would have even been down with them, you know, calling him back just to get, a, you know, some type of stamp of approval or have him have some type of creative control. I know he would have been some years old at this point, but it still would have been nice if he was still kicking, man, just to just to have his insight and his creative control on board. But of course we don't have that. Um another thing I want from this reboot, whether it's a TV series or a movie, I want my stars members, people. Let me say that again. I want my stars members people i don't want them scattered around i mean of course because they get scattered around throughout the mansion in the first one but i want my opening i want my opening with the team you know how we had the credits we didn't we had the opening and we had the credits with some people we probably didn't see and then when you scatter throughout the mansion you run across people i want my stars members people i want jill valentine now, let me give y'all this list of, of everybody I want. And I'm about to blow y'all minds because I'm really going to take y'all back to that opening. And probably I don't I know I wasn't the only one that used to, you know, when I got video games, I used to read the booklets to know who the characters were. <laughs> That's how I, I knew who some of the characters were when nobody else did, because I actually, you know, I would I would want to do all types of research. I'm a bookworm, man. Always been. But I want I want Jill Valentine, of course. That's a day one. You have to have. You have to have Jill Valentine. She's a she's a given um, and she's a day player. So I want her. I want Chris Redfield, Barry Burton, Albert Wesker, 
Rebecca Chambers, who people always forget about. She was in one of the Resident Evil games, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember which one. I think it was Resident Evil Zero. I can't remember. Kenneth Sullivan, who, of course, is the black guy who didn't fucking last a second. He And if anybody remembers Kenneth Sullivan, that's the first body you find in the first Resident Evil game on Sega Saturn. You find that motherfucker getting his head bit off. And she comes out and she's like, Kenneth was killed too, maybe by one of these creatures. And she's telling Barry that. Kenneth, of course, is a token black guy. I want him, but I want him to live. Um, Joseph Frost, who Joseph, if anybody doesn't remember, is the first guy to get killed in the field. He's the one that picks up a gun and there's a hand attached to it. And the dog um, starts tearing his ass up early on. I want Richard Aiken, who is the guy you find in the mansion in Resident Evil 1 who I think he was bitten by a snake and you have to go find the antidote to save him. But then by the time you get back to save him, he's already dead. And I want Brad Vickers. Brad Vickers was an original stars members, original stars member. But I remember playing Resident Evil three nemesis and finding running into Brad and he gets killed by nemesis. When you find him, you know, he's all wounded and then nemesis like puts a tentacle through his eye or some shit and he dies. So, you know, I, I want if this is if this is to be a movie, I want the whole squad. Give me the entire squad and make the casting phenomenal. Phenomenal. Better than any Resident Evil movie or better than any cosplay could ever look. If it's a series, cool. You could scatter them around a little bit. Just make mentions of the entire squad and then have people be found on episodes on end and then just figure it out from there. I, I mean, I can't really I'm really torn because I can't say whether I want it to be a movie or a series. I I, I really don't know. I, I, I But, you know, I'm, I'm stammering over my words because I, I really can understand if they want to make this a series, because there is a lot of story to tell, even in the first Resident Evil game. It's a long ass game. I can't even tell you how long the gameplay is because I've never beaten it. I could go on YouTube, I mean, which I should have done. I should have looked up the standard gameplay of uh, Resident Evil, the original. But there's a lot of story to tell. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of things to be found in that mansion. There's a lot of story behind the mansion, behind the things, you know, the artifacts and the the objects you find in the mansions. There's a lot of story behind the mazes and who, who made them and who the maze probably belongs to. These are a lot of things that I never uncovered because I didn't have the time or the attention span to. But, you know, I, I look back on it and I really... You know, the fact that I want a movie or a TV series, a, a reboot all around so badly, I, I wish I would have took the time out to 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 recognize these things. But I mean, I don't know, man, I, I, I really one of the main things I want, you know, on my next Christmas list is uh, I want James Wan to return to this project. I know this guy is a busy man, Aquaman 2, Mortal Kombat, all this shit. I don't even know if he's doing like The Conjuring or Insidious, whatever the hell he's attached to in that universe, which I really wish he'd stop. I'm not a big fan of James Wan doing The Conjuring and stuff, but I really wish he would return to this property because the guy knows his horror roots and he knows his violence. And I feel like that was definitely a, a good catch for them to have James Wan attached to it. But, you know, like I said, um, they are giving us uh, information far and few in between on this Resident Evil reboot. And that's one of the reasons why I really want to do an episode about it. Like I said, I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that it's coming, but it is coming. And I feel like it maybe will take people by storm because we've had 
several more than several movies in the series to do enough homework and I always say this with the franchises and the history of properties go um when you want to do something over I feel like you have enough homework to know the do's and the don'ts as far as how to move forward you know you you see what worked and you see what didn't so you know you can you can throw as many things at the wall and see what sticks uh as much as you want but there has to be some type of new blood uh injected into into this series because nobody wants the same thing because as much as there are fans for this resident evil uh series the original series um not the games of course i'm talking about the movies because it is very profitable these people make their money back and then some but um as much as people love it um i'm pretty sure true fans of the series hate it just as much um of course the love overpowers the hate but the hate still exists and i know that in the back of these creators minds whoever the people are that are going to be behind this reboot i know that the hate is going to be in the back of their heads because they have to know that they can't make the same mistakes that you know, that Paul W.S. Anderson did, that Alexander Witt did. Uh, and I'm not excluding Russell Mokahai just because Resident Evil Extinction, he directed my favorite in the series, doesn't mean that people don't hate it. Because I know a lot of people that dislike that movie. So, you know, that's that's including uh, all directors and writers involved in this series and producers. Jeremy Bolt has been a, a producer on this series since day one. You know, I, I remember listening to the commentaries on these and Jeremy Bolt has definitely been a big part of... Um, producing these resident evil movies so that's not to say you know these guys did what they did and you know for better or worse they made history with the resident evil franchise but that's you know like i said that's not to say that they didn't make a lot of mistakes along the way because they really did and that's one of the reasons why this is not a beloved franchise for me but it is a guilty pleasure franchise for me i gotta i gotta separate the two you know just to be clear because these movies are not good um even even resident evil extinction it's it for me it it's a good uh post-apocalyptic zombie movie it's one of my favorites but it's not a great film you know uh it it, it definitely it has its flaws for sure uh story-wise character-wise whatever but it's for me it's the most enjoyable of the series that's why i you know i i um i'd make it stand out the way i do but as far as the reboot goes uh we have we have to get back to horror people we have to get back to horror we have to get back to everything that made that first game special um and i don't even don't even make what made the first several games special focus on the first resident evil game that is my only request for these motherfuckers out there that are about to tackle this resident evil property again don't try to cram several games or the first not even the first two or the first three just focus on the first one Focus on the first one. You got to take bait. You got to crawl before you walk. You have to. You have to because what will happen is if they don't, they will bite off more than they can chew trying to please the fans of every game because you got to realize how many Resident Evil games have have come out. It's like what I was saying about the Mortal Kombat uh, reboot. You have a fan base. Um, if you if you make if you remake Mortal Kombat don't have don't do what mortal kombat annihilation did they crammed part two and part three and a little bit of part four because shinnok was in there into part two like don't do all of that in the sequel in your second movie you're gonna blow your load entirely too fast don't do that just focus on the source material pace yourself 
get you something concrete that people are going to respond to greatly and people are going to love. That's all you really have to do. So, you know, I, I feel like um, they will be on a really good path if they first of all, if they put an emphasis on the horror and the thriller, that's where it starts. You know, um, and if anything, you know, focus on the, the monsters, I feel like should be secondary. The zombies should be first. I always feel like that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a zombie. Yeah, I am. I'm lying. I won't even lie to you. I'm saying that because I'm a zombie buff and I feel like the zombies should get the most attention. Then the dogs and then the crows. Those are the top three. And then everything after that is after that. The tyrants, the monsters, the snakes, the spiders, the, the moths and shit. All that fly shit comes after. You know, um, but I don't know. People will see. We'll see. Hope, hopefully, man. And, and I know I think Mila Jovovich had like some type of I'm not going to say it was shade to throw at the Resident Evil, uh, the reboot idea, but she had something to say. And I know people weren't really um, happy with what she said, but my whole thing with her comments is and I'm mad that I, I remember the gist of it, but I can't say it and I don't want to quote it and be wrong. But I remember the gist of it not being she wasn't happy about it and my whole thing is you and this is no diss to Mila Jovovich uh she banked off of that series you know um and Paul W.S. Anderson who by the way is her husband who you know people say he kept her employed I don't really agree with that because Mila Jovovich isn't a bad actress but Resident Evil was what she became known for it's like Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious but um I feel like she should be happy with the mark she has left with the Resident Evil brand and she should just be uh, supportive of the like I feel like everything has to evolve and with what happened with the final chapter and the fact that it's called the final chapter and the revelation I'm not going to spoil it for anybody and plus it's so fucking stupid with the revelation that happened in the final chapter with the character of Alice I feel like there's nowhere left to go with this story I mean of course there is but I mean let's be real man you got to you got to you got to know when to when to stop you have to and I feel like she should be grateful with the mark that she left and she should be supportive. Like they could even give her a cameo in it. But I feel like she might have fucked that up by kind of, you know, throwing a little bit of shade towards the idea of the reboot. But, you know, that I, I feel like that's no skin off of her ass. She's not hurting for no money. Um, plus, she, you know, she just banked off of that amazing Hellboy reboot they just had. <laughs> It wasn't amazing, but it was it was definitely entertaining. I, I had almost forgot she was in it until I started doing the commentary for it and all of that stuff. But it's neither here nor there, people. It's another episode of two to reviews in the can, man. Safe to say I, I'm really curious and excited for a Resident Evil reboot. I really want to see what they do with this, man. And I, I, I can't stress this enough. I want them to go back to the horror roots, man. I'm a horror buff. That's what the fuck I want to see. I want to see horror. I don't want to see this Matrix ripoff. I don't want to see this action slow-mo super... I'm sipping lean shit. I don't want to see that, man. It's so overwhelming and and it's like I get tired of it. But like I said, the series is so guilty pleasure entertaining that I still watch it to this day. So, you know what would be crazy, y'all? If the Resident Evil reboot flops and it's not even better than Resident Evil Afterlife. It'd be funny if it's not even better than Resident Evil the final chapter, then I will really eat my words and then I'll have to 
retract this entire episode and then issue an apology to every bad thing that I've said about the Resident Evil series. But we'll see. We'll see, people. But in the meantime, you can follow this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker Radio, Public, all that good stuff. They were gracious enough to put the podcast out there for the free ski. Definitely appreciate the platforms. Shout out to the Tudor reviewers, man. I definitely appreciate appreciate y'all. I'm fumbling over my words. Maybe I got the T-virus up in me. I'm a turn into the tyrant myself. I don't know. I really don't know. But definitely appreciate the listeners man um follow me on facebook instagram romero tudor follow my facebook group cinemaniacs where we talk about things like um how we all want to relocate to raccoon city and we want to find a cure for the t-virus and create some uh tyrants and some murderous crows who can fly and recreate the alfred hitchcock birds remake and whatever else i'm talking about towards the end of this but again, man, shout out to the listeners, man. Y'all, y'all really, y'all, y'all go hard, man, and y'all rock out. Y'all listen to me talk my shit about a whole bunch of nothing and a whole bunch of movies. And shout out to the horror movie buffs. But I don't know, man. I, I'll, I'll leave y'all with this. Resident Evil. I, I will never, you know, I, the the series has its flaws for sure. But I, I'll always appreciate it, even the bad ones, because there will never be another series like it. And that's just the God honest truth. There will never be another series like it. No matter, like even the bad ones, there will never be a series that will give me zombies, monsters, animals, um, you know, uh, human villains or lack thereof. Uh, even the yeah, even the human villains that turn on the people that they're not supposed to. You know, it'll never give me a a, a mixture in a crazy ass blender of stuff like this and just make it uh, badly entertaining, man. So it's like. I can appreciate it on a rainy day, especially when I'm like intoxicated or something like that. Maybe I'll do a Resident Evil um, intoxic commentary. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll tackle that. I think I will. I think I will, people. I think I'll do the first Resident Evil sometime this week. That just gave me an idea. You guys just gave me an idea, and that's why I love y'all. But it's another episode of Tudor Reviews in the Can, y'all. Love y'all to death, man. Shout out to the listeners, the supporters everybody out there. I'll catch y'all on the next episode.